everybody. Welcome to episode 78 of the Utah Royals FC show. I've got Cindy with me. Hi, Cindy. Heyo. How are you doing? I'm good. I was on a little trip to Texas to for a wedding, so I'm kind of rested, but then, you know, when you get back from a trip, you're like, oh, I should have taken another day to kind of rest. So I'm good. All is well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Hanging in there. Mm. As we were talking about before the show, just a lot of fall yard work and and yada, yada, yada. Mm. Um, Lucas is in Oregon officiating his brother's wedding. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Big Daddy Lucas doing his thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, indeed. And then Megan's. Oh, yeah. And Megan's off somewhere doing something great, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. So it's just you and I, huh? Yeah, just you and I. And I think it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode than normal. I think, I think one, because, I mean, there's stuff to talk about. But I feel like I haven't processed the season fully. You know, I'm not, like, ready to talk about all the things, like, who's coming, who's going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. our predictions and we've done that a little bit but I don't know I'm just like I'm not ready to I think verbally process all that but we are going to talk about talk about um the last game mm-hmm. some Laura Harvey stuff and mm-hmm. uh how we round out this season but before we do that um I want to talk a little bit about I want to thank everyone for joining us on this journey of the Utah Royals FC show podcast it's been a heck of a year. We've had a lot of fun together, and we want to thank each and every single one of you for listening. The Meet the Team Night was a lot of fun. Met a few of you there, um, as well as the final home game. Also, in terms of the last season of the podcast, I just want to give a massive shout-out to Britt Ratcliffe for all the awesome stuff that she has done for the podcast this year. It's not easy to be on a podcast about a sport that you love and you're missing out on because you've suffered one of the worst injuries you could suffer as an athlete, but she still really wanted to be involved and for that. She's our MVP this year. Uh, It was also super Mm. awesome to meet some incredible folks and listeners at the season finale, the season finale, which I was just talking about from like Sarah to actually met Michelle Maimon's parents uh, hi, Anita. I forget your husband's name. I'm so sorry. Uh, but they they came over to get some stickers and stay, said to say hi. I think uh, maybe we'll uh, work out getting them and Mish on the podcast sometime, hopefully. But mm-hmm. it's been awesome to interact with, with listeners this year. And uh, mm-hmm. that said, if you wanted a sticker and you live out of state and you didn't get one, just DM the Twitter account and I'll try to get some shipped out to you. Uh, when we when I have some some extra time, but point is, uh, us at the URFC show, we're fans ourselves. We do this, you know, for other fans. Uh, we love you, folks, and thanks for everyone who joined us along for year two of the podcast. Can you believe when we've been doing this for two years? How wild is that? It's wild. Who would have thought that? Well, one a year ago there was well one Utah didn't even have a team two years ago. Yeah. Um, I think it was around this fall where there was so much uncertainty around FC Kansas City. And so, you know, just to 
just to see how far not only the league has come, but um, the team itself and and yeah, it's been really cool. So kind of crazy that it's been two years. Um, yeah, wild. It goes by real, real fast. I remember like it feels that the final game of the season last year wasn't that long ago. And here we are mm-hmm. like more than a year later at mm-hmm. Rio Tinto Saturday night. It just, it just goes very so fast. Yeah, um, it's weird. Definitely. Yeah. I was writing the last like match preview that I was doing on Friday morning and I'm sorry, night. And I was like, wow, this is, I think for one, I'm excited to not be stressing about a match preview, <laughs> but I was also kind of like, oh, this is my last one and I won't be writing a match preview until the spring. So, um, yeah, I think, I think like you, it's a little wild. It's a little sad. Um, kind of crazy that, you know, however many months go by and season's over and you go into the winter. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's weird. I'm like, wow, everything's like everything that I enjoy. I'm going to have a life again, kind of. <laughs> uh, you've still got Tottenham. Oh, man, and they know how to disappoint, so. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I was talking to people about this uh, at the game on Saturday. I was talking to Keaton and Kevin, hey, you guys, about how it's – because we all follow other teams outside of Real Salt Lake and outside of, you know, the Monarchs and obviously Utah Royals across the pond. And it's, it's just something, something that's just super saddening about the end of the MLS and NWSL and USL seasons compared to the other leagues across the pond, really. So definitely sad, but yeah, yeah. As far as what the future of the podcast holds, so we have every intention to be back next year. We're going to keep doing shows during the offseason. I, I know we did that last year, and I know that there are a lot of football podcasts who sort of just, just take a break until the season starts back up again. Uh, we plan to, to keep going. It might be reduced to every other week until we get some more team-related news to talk about, just because there is going to be a bit of um, – a break between waiver wire, who's going to be released, the draft, et cetera, like that. So we will probably take a, a handful of just weeks off just because there's not really anything to talk about. But we are going to definitely plug in some interviews and uh, get get some of those done with people who um, have not been on the podcast before and with people who have been on the podcast before Um just to drop a quick teaser, I don't know when it's going to happen, but uh, there is a, another Utah Royals FC, another Utah Royals podcast out there involving two players who have been on the show, and uh, there is a crossover in the works. So be on the lookout for that. Bum bum bum. Dun dun dun. That'll be super cool. That'll Whatever be, you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be real fun. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, you know, oh, being yeah. like, oh, hype it in, hype, hype, hype. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> uh, all right, well, mm-hmm. we have some footy to talk about. Should we jump right in? Let's do it. So regular season is over. 
and the standings mm-hmm. are done, it would be really interesting to compare what our predictions were to how the standings actually finish. So the Royals finish in sixth. Behind them, Houston in seventh, Sky Blue in eighth, Orlando in ninth. In fifth, Washington Spirit, kind of a surprise this year. I think definitely kind of a surprise. I did not think, and I don't think a lot of people would have thought that they would have finished above Houston or Utah, but they did. Rain in fourth, Portland in third, Chicago in second, and Carolina in first. Carolina in first is interesting because they were hanging back there for a little bit. And Mm. I think, I think, at least I remember picking them to be like third or fourth. Mm. And here they are winning it by five points. Yeah. I think North Carolina, you know, uh, yeah, I think because at some point we were like, they're not going to, I mean, they're struggling, but I think they surged, if that's the right word I want to use, mm-hmm. at the right moment. And and I said a couple of weeks ago, it's great what a team can do at, at the beginning of the season. Um, it's something else when they continue it into the middle of the season, but when they kind of get it together towards the end of the season, that's kind of when it really matters because that's the final push. That's when teams are like, trying to get into that playoff position. And so um, North Carolina peaked when they needed to, and that was just they got other players back. And, you know, Paul Riley continue what he does best, and um, that's definitely something I think we did see a little bit with Utah, but it kind of fizzled <laughs> in September, which is yeah. not what you want. Yeah, definitely. Looking back on the season, it's – we were in in good position, but when you lose four of your last five games, uh, that that will that will do it to you for sure. So Royals won ten, drew four, lost ten, both scored and conceded twenty five goals, so they finished pretty even on goal differential. Mm. Yeah. Kind of wild. <laughs> yeah. It it definitely feels like it was a little bit of a regression of a season in some ways. And then in other ways, it feels like it, it wasn't. Almost like there was... Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like... Let's see. What's, what's a good way to wear this? Last year was sort of a hunt for an identity. And there really wasn't a whole ton of an identity. And this year it was sort of like we got our identity figured out a little bit. We're just not consistent in how we execute it, if that's a fair analysis. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's pretty fair. Regression could be the theme for for uh for twenty nineteen. Yeah. I think And you don't you don't want that. You don't. You don't. I think it'll light a fire though especially listening to some of the press conferences, like Lola Bonta's press conference um, for the the final game was, was fantastic. I think there will be a fire under him, but I do expect quite a few changes, and we already know of a couple. 
what changes will be happening. Um, one of the changes that's not going to be a change is we know for sure that Laura Harvey will not be taking the U.S. Women's National Team job. Hmm. I'm not shocked, honestly. Um, I think the expectation would have been Harvey because she is a woman and the national team is kind of in this equality fight. Um, but I mean, you know, who's to say that, um, you know, Vladko has been coaching women for a long time and he'll obviously continue to support them. But I, I would think, but I, I never was sold on Laura Harvey being head coach just because of the talk was and continues to be, it hasn't been confirmed and, but the whisperings around, you know, uh, the talk of the next U S soccer coach is Vladko and the Nofsky. So, um, I, 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 Laura was in the running, but I never, I just had a hunch that it would not be her because the talk wasn't supporting it. And what people say obviously matters. And all at this point, it was all rumors. It was all talk. But, you know, there's got to be some truth behind some of these things we were hearing. So um, I'm excited that she's not going. I think it would have been very hard to replace Laura Harvey. Um, and I think had she left now under the circumstances of this season, I don't think that's something that you would want to do. And I think... She's, I still think she's a tremendous coach um, as a, you know, as a person and just from like interviewing her and, and, and just seeing what you see and hearing from the players. Um, I, I like her a lot as a coach, but um, I think she, I, maybe she feels like, and obviously this up to, up to U.S. soccer, but um, I still think Utah, I mean, Utah gets Harvey for a couple more years because you're not going to get anyone better than Laura Harvey at this point. Yeah. I'm not convinced she's going anywhere anytime soon. Although it was really interesting. So she confirmed that she wasn't going in a, in a press conference. Mm-hmm. I think Alex Vehar is the one who asked the question and she said that she wasn't taking mm-hmm. the U.S. women's national team job, but she didn't say anything about being next here next year. And then she came back out to media about 20, 30 minutes later after she had left. And she came out and then she clarified and said, by the way, my intention is Mm. to be with Utah next year, which was kind of interesting. You don't want to read too much into it, but you almost Mm -hmm. sort of wonder if she was a little worried about whether she was going to keep the job or maybe she Mm. had a a talk with Deloitte in between, or maybe it was just like Matt Gashk being like, Hey, you said this, go out and maybe clarify something so people don't read too much into it. Mm-hmm. And here we are reading too much into it. Um, but that, you read. <laughs> yeah, I, I will read, I will create lines to read into. Um, <laughs> uh, so that, that was interesting, but yeah, I don't, I don't see her going anywhere anytime soon, but mm-hmm. I think Flatco is a great, great pick what he did with Mm -hmm. the rain this year getting them into the playoffs when i i can't even tell you seven or eight different players i think with season ending injuries i i I may be off Mm -hmm. off on that i i know it's more than four and there were a bunch of other injuries 
carried throughout, but the amount of mm-hmm. injuries and just hits to that roster, as well as his track record of just being an incredible coach, I think it's a great hire personally. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously nothing has been confirmed, but that is what all signs, all talks are pointing to. And yeah, I'm with you. He can do things with players that, I mean, with all of those injuries that Rain FC had and somehow able to make the playoffs, I mean, you're talking about a really good head coach. Like, that's just what it comes down to. Um, because I, I think had that happened to Utah, I don't think we'd be in the same position. Um, but I think Vladko is, if that is indeed what will be announced soon, I think is a fantastic hire. And I've always been such a fan. I think he's he's great. And the players love him a lot. He is a player's coach. Like, the players love playing for him. And he just believes in his players. So um, I'm excited if that is indeed the future. <laughs> so um, switching back towards the end of said a little bit, so the semifinals are all squared away. It's going to be a double header on October 20th, which is that that is um, next Sunday. So North Carolina will play at home against the rain at 1130 mountain time on ESPN two. And then after that will be mm. Chicago at home against Portland at 130. Same channel right after that game. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really, really excited about the Chicago Portland game. I think the mm-hmm. team that I'm going to pull for is Chicago. I just mm-hmm. love their kits. I love Brooke Elby. I think their owner is has a great personality. <laughs> and I'd like to see Sam Kerr lift a trophy if she does, in fact, leave the NWSL at the end of the season. Who are you pulling for? Would Oh, you are going to um who am I pulling for? Yeah, I'm are you just talking in general or just those between those two teams? In general for the playoffs. Like between all four teams? Yeah, yeah. Um uh, I I don't think I'm I do not want to see another North Carolina uh Portland final. I think it's been done enough. <laughs> and even though they have a great rivalry and both teams I think right now North Carolina would destroy Portland in the final anyway. So um, that would be very boring. No, thank you. Um, But I'm with, I think Chicago is, I think for me, Chicago right FC would be the ideal final for me because then somebody who has not won before is going to Mm -hmm. win. Whereas if you have Chicago, North Carolina, you know, North Carolina, this is going to be year three. So, I'm pulling for Rain FC and Chicago. And out of those two teams, whoever wins, I will be completely satisfied and be okay with the 2019 season. Otherwise, if it is Portland and North Carolina at the end and one of those wins again, I I I don't I I just <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Tweet at us a Facebook comment. Let mm-hmm. us know who you're pulling for and why. 
it, I should also mention that I know that Megan is pulling for Chicago as well. I we we mm-hmm. we never asked who Lucas is pulling for, but oh well, oh well. But uh, did he? I think he might have mentioned someone. I can't remember who. I think he might have picked Rain FC. He, he probably said I something, and I just I just forgot. But yeah. Anyways, those are are our picks. Uh, trying to uh, stick mm-hmm. away from tradition and not see the same game again mm-hmm. and again and again. Mm-hmm. But uh, let us know who, mm-hmm. who you're going for and why. In terms of just sort of end of the season stats, there's, I think, a few things that are worth mentioning. Um, Amy Rodriguez, league, these are all league-wide, I should, I should preface with. So Amy Rodriguez finished tied for third in goals with Christine Sinclair and... Kirsten Hamilton with nine. I did not know that she scored that many. I must have just overlooked it. Uh, I mean, I knew she scored nine goals, but because Sam Kerr is like up to what, 18, 19? So Lynn Williams was second and she had 12. And then Sam Kerr had 18. And that's just mind-blowing to miss. I I mean, granted, she didn't miss a super ton because Australia kind of just pooped the bed in the World Cup, let's be real. But, you know, she still missed some games and so to pull out and have 18 Mm -hmm. goals, that's just that is bonkers. I don't know if our league will ever see a player Mm -hmm. like that again. She's so Mm -hmm. good. Maybe a baby Sam Curran. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. She is. She's really good. But, I mean, I knew because towards the end, obviously I do the match preview, so I kind of have been keeping track of the A-Rod versus press goals. And I think coming into this game, uh, it was 8-7 to seven with A-Rod with eight goals and then press scored. And so it was tied at eight goals each for the season. And then A-Rod got that second goal, so she was at nine. So I knew right away that she was the leading scorer for Utah, but I did not know she was in the top five for the whole entire league. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. When you compare this year and last year, I think there's still a lot of fair criticism to be had about how the attack seems very disjointed and and yada, yada, yada. But I feel like... Maybe it's just because it hasn't been as much service by committee as it was last year, but I, I feel like the offense has been better than, than last year, even if it doesn't really show that in the standings. But that's just my thought. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, also offensively, so Vero was tied third for assists with six. Not a bad number. Dabinia from the Courage Mm -hmm. right in front of her with seven. And then Yuki Nagasato from the Red Stars had eight. But six assists tied for Mm -hmm. third. Not a bad number to have either. Not a bad number to have. Mm -hmm. And what an an impact player she was. Um, I thought Vero was a great addition to the midfield and... Yeah, and that goes to show that she tried to create some magic in that midfield and assist and playmaking and all that jazz. But 
That's kind of yeah, cool too. Yeah. I think, you yeah. know, I think there was a lot more expectations in terms of her scoring because she didn't feel all that dangerous for good portions of the year, more just that she was providing service. But she had, um, she had a couple of great opportunities in the last game, in the last game, which we'll talk about in a minute, but she was fantastic with four tackles and four key passes. In terms of defense on the year, so Barney finished fifth in the league with 61 saves. So not bad to be fifth in terms of the save category, but she led the league in clean sheets with 10. So 10 clean sheets on the year. And uh, she also had the best goals against average for anyone who played more than 11 games at just over conceding a goal a game. Just barely. So Barney had a, a pretty stinking good year. I mean, and had she, and she was really close. If Utah had not, I don't know if you mentioned this, um, if Utah had not given up that goal this past weekend, Barnhart would have tied for most clean sheets this season. Yeah, so. she would have. Yeah, she would have. Such a yeah, so. It's also such a, a testament I to, I think, the defense in front of her. I know that mm-hmm. the outside back position sort of became – I feel like that was the position that had the most change throughout the course of the year, whether it, you know, be the way they closed it with Weber and Gunny or Moros and, you know, um, Mish, a lot, a lot of other players. I think Sidney Miramontes even played uh, once this year. It's, it's definitely a testament to her ability, even if I think her form, even if she sort of lost it, the last little stretch, but it's definitely a testament to her. The folks are able to sort of just plug in those spots. And then obviously, of course, Corsi and Becky. Um, Offensively, oh man, I meant to copy and paste this further up on the Google Docs. Oh well, sorry y'all, gonna have to deal with inconsistency. Blame me, shoot me, leave bad reviews. Please don't. (laughs) So, um, Switching things back offensively. So A-Rod and Press were up there with shots on target. Amy was third in the league with 32 shots on target. And Press was fourth with 26. Mm. Yeah. As Mm. definitely very, very interesting. Um, The people above them in that category, Sam Kerr, obviously. And then there's Sam Kerr. Whole nother level. Another interesting team stat is that so as a team, we committed the least amount of fouls and we were actually one mm. of three teams not to get a player sent off. Mm. That's actually pretty nice. That's like a FIFA fair play award right there. Yeah, exactly. We got <laughs> to get that over. <laughs> um, it's the small things, I think, especially to be, as defensively consistent as we were mm-hmm. and to commit the least amount of fouls and um, not have a whole ton of yellow cards either is, is, is pretty impressive as well. And I, I think that really sort of does also go back into telling the story of the season that defense was great. Offense just couldn't execute. Mm-hmm. 
Which I think was the story last year too, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it was. I think I think the the problem last year is it was just a small tweak. I I, I don't think that they created good chances. I think that mm. this year they created less risky, more high percentage chances that they mm. just couldn't couldn't execute. So mm. something to be worked on. Some good news as a league, uh, this is super expected, but as a league set a record in attendance numbers, a lot of um, several teams broke um, records that they hadn't had before. Two off the top of my head, Sky Blue, Washington Spirit. So good stuff. I still don't think, and you know, maybe we'll have a, a more detailed discussion about this later in the offseason. While I, I, I definitely don't think that the NWSL, I guess, to put it bluntly, I think that they did a really sort of a crappy job capitalizing mm-hmm. on the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, a, there were uh, a lot more, I think, opportunities to grow the game this year than they mm-hmm. executed on. But to see those numbers increase is, is really, really exciting. It is cool. Call it the World Cup bump. Yeah. Hashtag we won't stop watching. Hashtag Budweiser. Hashtag <laughs> World Cup champions USA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got a lot of good lines out of that. Well, shall we talk about the, I guess, our last game recap until the spring? Oh, man. That's depressing and sad and unfortunate. I know. Let's do it. <laughs> It's it's a mega bummer. We won't go t- too much into it, mm. but I think I think my takeaway from this game is that we needed that win. It was needed. Yeah. The players mm-hmm. needed it. The coaching staff needed it. We as fans, we super needed it, and we got it. Mm-hmm. We did. We did. I think that game was just like, man, you all couldn't play like this the last five games. <laughs> This was exactly what we were seeing, and then you kind of tanked a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm with you. It was needed. It was it was a needed win. Left less of a bitter taste in our mouths, and still stinks that they fell short. But um, yeah, it was it was just good to cap it off that way, and. Yeah, you, you want to end the season on a winning note, even though it, it ended earlier and they fell short of making the playoffs again. But it was a good type of feeling, you know, like you're like, all right, on to next season. Yeah, definitely. After that win, the Viking clap with Gunny was, was extra special, I think, just because a lot more people stuck around and it was just, you know, it goes back to the, yeah, we we needed this. And I think, I mean, imagine how bad it would be to lose five games in a row to close out the season. That'd be pretty awful. That's rough. That would be pretty bad. That would be rough. So I'm glad that it gives us, I guess, one less less talking point. To go a little bit piece by piece, so third minute, goal from press. Did not think we were going to score that early. Was not expecting it. Uh, walking back down from refilling my water bottle. Beautiful ball in, quick touch. Press found herself in some space. Boom. 
goal. Boom. I love it. Pretty. It, it was pretty. I love scoring early. I absolutely adore it. And I mm-hmm. think that in terms of, you know, a confidence boost, the team definitely needed it. For sure. Yeah. The attack didn't let up. And uh, in the 23rd minute, again, it was a pass into, it was a sort of a long pass into the middle. Vera mm-hmm. found some space. Made a, a little flick to a little flick forward to A Rod who who finished it mm. and uh, up two nil at halftime. Okay. I think uh, one of the most exciting plays of this game actually came in the seventy fourth minute where Katie Stengel, who has had you know we'll just we'll just be honest a, a less than impressive season uh, <laughs> actually. So I sh- I should preface this with in warm ups. Oh my gosh. Katie Stengel hmm. was phenomenal. She hmm. hit six rippers in a row. And it's not just like shots to the bottom corner. I'm talking like from distance, far hmm. past the penalty, top oh. left corner, stuff like that. Hmm. Tons of power in a row. And so I came in thinking she's going to get a goal this game because I don't think I've seen anyone be that accurate in warmups all year as she was right then. In fact, I don't think I've seen anyone be that accurate in warmups period. Mm. I know there was a game uh, last year where Kelly O'Hara was just lights out <sighs> putting every shot past Abby Smith in warmups. That, that was great. So, that that may be the the only other one, but she was phenomenal, and mm-hmm. it sort of gave, gave a little insight as to even though why she's struggling on the field, why uh, you know the coaching staff mm-hmm. continues to give her the nod. But anyways, so she had a mm-hmm. super awesome shot from pretty far out in the seventy fourth minute, which was denied by the crossbar, which was mm-hmm. kind of a bummer. And then, as you alluded to a little bit earlier, that Christy Moot had. Christy Mewis got a goal in the 78th minute and uh, that sort of killed Barney's shot at getting mm-hmm. 11 shutouts and tying the record on the season. But mm. enough to hold on. I was really, really worried they were going to get a second goal, but they didn't. <laughs> so it all worked out. I love that you say um, you do love the early goals, and so do I. I think early goals are good. But they're actually kind of scary because 2-0 to zero is, histor- is historically known as one of the uh, scariest, scariest leads in soccer because I feel like anyone can come back 2-0. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so when I saw the press go, I was like, oh, awesome. And then A-Rod, I'm like, ah, okay, there's the second half. And because Utah has a history of kind of letting off the gas in the second half I was a little worried for a bit and then Houston got the goal and I'm like hmm well here we go (laughs) but (laughs) but they held on they held on for that win which again like we said it mattered it It was a much needed win for sure yeah it did they played well yeah they had 60% of the possession and uh they had 21 to 11 crosses they were they were very accurate playing the ball in it was it was a good game from this team and if they can be consistent and keep this up next year i think uh, 
I think 2020 is going to be a really good year for us. We said that last year and uh, I know now we're crying. <laughs> we're like, yeah, next year's the year. Actually, I think we were a little bit more optimistic last year and we can still be, but right now I'm like, <laughs> it's over. It's done. <laughs> we're not going to win again. <laughs> um, fair, fair. I mm. think expansion mm. is is definitely going to break up some things, and uh, for sure, it's going to get it's going to get real interesting. I definitely don't think that North Carolina is going to be as much of a powerhouse next year mm. as they were as they were this year as as it gets split up a little bit. Mm. Um, and I think, and I, th- and I think, just we need that. We need. I think if if expansion is needed because then it's just becoming the same. It's kind of like the top teams are kind of getting stronger and the bottom teams are just staking to the bottom and you need something to shake it up and that's expansion. And I agree. Portland, North Carolina won't be the same. It'll be a lot more competitive and I think it's needed and I'm excited for it. Totally. Totally. It'll be good. Totes. Totes. Totes my goats. Totes my goats. <laughs> um, one thing to end off with is so um, we still have our end of year awards poll going around. Mm-hmm. Be sure to vote for Cindy for the Golden Sock Award. <laughs> Do not vote for Cindy. I endorse Deli, Lucas's dog. He eats actual. He does actually eat socks. He's not all talk. He's not all game. Please vote. For, please vote for Deli if you want to see a sock being eaten. Do not vote for me. <laughs> You're still winning. So uh, no, I am not. You are. You are. You're going to. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's rigged. And uh, speaking of rigged and winning. Uh, Katie Stangle, we're not going to throw you under the bus, but we see you. <laughs> we see you. Wow. I talked to Lila Bonta super briefly about it this morning, and it's it's, mm. it's hilarious. Mm, so sh- mm, wow, Katie Stangle, no. way to uh, good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we That's will funny. we will close. We will close that up and uh, maybe we'll do a podcast on it or maybe we'll just, just tweet out the the results, mm-hmm. but probably do that over the weekend sometime, mm-hmm. maybe close it Friday or, or, or Saturday and we'll get that going. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't voted yet, go do that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, especially offset some of the votes like uh, Alex Kimball winning rookie of the year. I'm sorry. You never played. Um <laughs> She she's not gonna win Hold it, on, but she's like leading that. No, 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 no. But like, oh. it's kind of funny what people vote for, you know. If that mm, if I guess. if that makes any sense, you know, especially because like, who would give the Golden Sock Award to anyone but Cindy for being a secondary example <sighs> of that? All right, mm. I'll shut up now. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good call. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, thanks everyone for listening. We will talk to you um, when news breaks. And if not, I guess in a couple weeks from now, 
Y'all take care of yourselves. Plot twist, not gone quite yet. Just was just about to upload the episode when I saw that the club has actually put out their awards. So figure may as well just talk about those for a little bit. So MVP goes to Nicole Barnhart. She uh, led the league with 10 clean sheets, as we talked about before. And she also had a six-save match back in September, I guess last month against the Thorns. Pretty incredible. Love you, Barney. Defender of the year goes to Becky. No real surprises there. She had her first goal in a Utah Royals FC uniform this season. Um, pretty awesome. As well as 81 clearances. That's uh, a pretty sizable amount. Goal of the year belongs to Amy Rodriguez. That gigantic, absolutely bonkers sky blue goal. That has got to be goal of the season for the entire league. I We should all throw a fit if it's not. Golden Boot, also Amy Rodriguez, nine goals as we talked about. And uh, shout out to friend of the podcast, Abby Smith, for winning Humanitarian of the Year. Again, as always, thanks everybody for listening. We will uh, be back soon. Y'all take care of yourselves.